Welcome, welcome to the CutterCast Vlogcast. My name is Seth Larson, and on today's episode, we are having another first. Today is the first Stories of an Alaskan Guide episode. Now, I've been wanting to do these episodes before we even had a name for the CutterCast. There's something about Alaska that just draws my soul to it. I have a dream to be able to go there and do some fishing and hunting, hopefully multiple times before my time is up on this beautiful earth. But until then, I'm just going to have to live vicariously through those who have gone there and experienced it. And you know, the best people to talk to about it are those who have done it over and over and over again. And most of the time, those are Alaskan guides. So I wanted to sit down with a few Alaskan guides, hopefully a bunch of Alaskan guides, and get their stories. Stories that range from lighthearted and hilarious to epic and heroic and everything in between. Now on today's episode of Stories of Alaskan Guides, I sat down with a good buddy of mine, Sean DeGray. Now Sean owns the Total Archery Challenge event. If you haven't gone to it, I strongly encourage you to do so. If you have gone, you know why. But Sean is an amazing guy and he has amazing stories and we get to hear one of them today. It will have you laughing if it doesn't, um, we need to talk. Today, Sean tells us a story of blown opportunities. It is hilarious. You're going to love it. So without further ado, here's Not A Shooter with Sean DeGray. <laughs> Lies. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen. Did go back? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they're rolling. All right. All right, welcome to the Cutter Cast. Today I am joined with the one and only Sean DeGray. Yo. Uh, an Alaskan guide and owner of Total Archery Challenge, which if you haven't been to it yet, if you're you one of the come. few, you should come. Yeah. If you shoot archery or are thinking about it, yeah. you should go. Yeah. Awesome event. Well, thank you. It's fun. But Sean's been, how, how many years have you been an Alaskan guide? Well, an official guide. I started going to Alaska in 94, and I met the outfitter in 95 and started working for him then. And since then, you've had a guiding license for yeah, minus, guiding up there? Yeah, minus my mission. Right. So I so went outside up as a of grunt. two years. I went up as a grunt. So you'd pack moose and uh, do you know chop firewood, whatever yeah. they tell you to do yeah. is really what it is. And uh, and then got my guide license after that. My assistant guide license. Yeah. And that's the progression. Do you have a full guide license now? No, I'm still an assistant still an guide assistant. until uh, probably next year. How many hours do you have to have? Well, it's not that. It's just a matter of taking the test, which oh. I haven't done. Oh, yeah. So but what does and I are both taking the test to uh, become an, out, an outfitter. Whoa! No longer just a guide, you know. What I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. All right, yeah. we're not planning on getting in the outfitting business. What's taking so long, though? Like, why so many? Just because you can do what you want to do with as an assistant guide. Well, with I mean, an we work guide license. Yeah, or? I work for an outfitter currently. The benefit, I think, to um, becoming the outfitter ourselves, uh, although we're not doing it, is like to 
continue living. It's more of a be able to, to guide hunters in a more affordable way for mm. these types of animals. You know, we got a lot of friends. It's not cheap to hunt brown bear up there. And uh, we love going up. It's, I mean, Alaska's a magical place. Yeah. And it, I mean, I went up there when I was 16. We drove up there, me and a 15-year-old kid, my buddy. And ever since then, I've been hooked. Like, oh, my it word. is the most magical place. And so to be able to share that with your buddies, mm-hmm. working for an outfitter isn't as easy because they got to make their money, which I understand. But, you know, if we can do it to where we can help somebody who uh, wants to fulfill a dream like that and it not be a million dollars, then that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I want to go badly. Well, it's so fun. Yeah, it is so fun. I don't care what you're hunting. Or even not hunting. I love that place. No, I have <clears throat> dreams of a caribou mm-hmm. and dreams of a brown bear. But yeah, I shot a caribou. I've only killed one. I shot it as a grunt, chopped them firewood, and they just happened to come across and shot it right off the bench that we used. Body to size in comparison to like an elk. How I'd say they're in similar? between a mule deer and an elk. Oh, really? Yeah, they're shorter, but they're a little shorter. But they're also light. I would, you know. It, a, I don't know, a spike to a cow range versus okay. a big bull. I would have thought they'd be a little bigger than that. Not they the look one. It, we hunt the barren but... ground or did. It's where we guide. Um, it's closed to non-residents. So, uh, But I would say they're in between that mule deer and elk size. Hmm. That's awesome. All right. Well, you're here to share a story. Yeah, I've got stories. <laughs> We've got plenty of stories to go around. What story? Might have to edit a few. (laughs) That's perfect. Good. Good. So, it uh, this particular story. He's a really good friend of mine, and uh, it's you know I hunt Texas every year for axis deer and whitetail and Tyrell, and I slaughter the pigs down there in the spring. And it's with this guy. His name's Matt Howard, and uh, I'd never uh, I didn't know him prior to this, but we hit it off right out of the gate. He and a friend of his had uh, come up to hunt caribou, diehard archery hunter. I mean, him and Guajardo both, they're diehard. You couldn't talk them into anything. So we're going through it, and we're talking about it. I'm like, yeah, we can get in on them for sure. You, Yeah, no problem. How far can you shoot? We're going through all that. And I'm like, he's 40, 50 yards max, and I prefer a little longer as <laughs> yeah. far as, you know, I – I like those shots, but just in yeah. case, yeah. The just in case distance. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're talking about, we go over it and I said, well, you know, I, I bring a rifle too, just for protection if there's any issues or whatever. So we're doing our hunt and, uh, I wake up first thing in the morning, there's a wolf out there and, uh, he had a tag. And so I woke him up. I'm like, dude, there's a wolf out here right now. He says, well, can I sneak in on it with my bow? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. You're shooting that thing. Here's my rifle. So I hand him the rifle and he lets one rip at this wolf and it can't be 80 yards. <laughs> totally misses. <laughs> and he's shooting a, I have a 300 ultra mag Remington ultra mag. And, uh, so it kicks the crap out of him. No muscle yeah. break or anything. <laughs> so now he's a little bit nervous shooting the gun. He lets another one go. And that wolf is now doing Mach 90. Yeah. Like it's gone. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I don't know. Put it right on it. <laughs> Maybe your gun's off. <laughs> gun's not off. Had Tyrell sighted in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, 
So I'm like, okay, maybe the, this guy is straight up archery. Well, we come across this herd of uh, caribou, and they're moving down. And the thing about caribou that's really fun is once you figure out where this – this is back in the days when the migration was heavy. Yeah. You could see thousands of caribou in a day just coming through. And uh, so we're watching all these caribou move through, and there is a giant of a bull. I'm like, dude, we got to get over here. This bull's huge. Let's go sit right here. They'll come right out into the across the river. <laughs> Done deal. So we haul butt over there. We get to this little drainage that they're coming out of, and we're just hanging out. Sure enough, here they come, and they're flowing through. Well, the big bull is on the back side of this mm. herd, and he comes out, and he just stands there. And all these caribou are funneling through. Well, he's 78 yards. Oh, my word. And I'm like, okay, we're killing this thing. They funnel through, funnel through. He's kind of moving, getting a little bit further, a little bit further. Now he's out 90 yards, too far. And I hand my gun to the guy, to Matt, and I say, Matt, shoot that bull. He's like, I really want to get one with my rifle. I said, you got two tags. With your bow? Or with his bow, yeah. I said, you've got two tags, Matt. Shoot that thing. He's like, no, we, we kind of argue back and forth in, a, in jest, of course. Because yes. I'm trying to convince him to shoot this bull. This is going to be one of the biggest bulls we kill in camp that year. It is a monster. So it crosses the river a little further, a little further. Now it's 180 yards, 200 yards. And it's just hanging out. And they're feeding. They have no idea we're there. I can't talk him into it. He wants to do it with a bow. And it just keeps going, and I, I'm depressed. Right. <clears throat> so as a guide, you'll come across these times when you see these giant animals, and you just want people to get it. When they yeah. don't, you're like, dang it, I know what just walked <laughs> yeah. away here, and yeah. this doesn't come around all the time, and we see thousands of caribou all the time. Yeah. So anyway, he <laughs> goes away, and he's like, what do you think? I'm like, I think you made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> he's like of course you think that you don't shoot a bow and he was right i did yeah. at the time and so we go about our business we never end up getting in on any other bulls any other caribou so the outfitter's like hey i'm gonna move you to a different ridge and a different camp see if you guys can make some magic happen there so <laughs> so we get out there and we still are not getting into any big bulls we got into some smaller stuff he wasn't interested well, we hiked out on this knob, and the caribou were coming right below it, 40 yards. There was a big old trail, and they're just hammering it. So we're sitting up behind these alder brush just waiting for these caribou to come by. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I like to call this story not a shooter, <laughs> although I, you gave it a name earlier that was yeah, – they'll understand why here in a minute. But So these caribou are coming through, and it's a dink bull. And so Matt had me filming everything. So I've got his camera and I'm filming these, these caribou come through and this bull comes through. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, oh man, it's kind of a dink. <laughs> so he comes to full draw on it and, and I don't know if he's going to shoot or if he's just toying around. So I'm sitting there and I'm filming it and all of a sudden I just, <laughs> just cranked out the left. <laughs> <laughs> the loudest fart you could imagine. I start laughing. Camera's bouncing around. Matt starts laughing, punches the trigger, and launches the arrow. The caribou look at us. There's all this commotion because it's not a quiet laugh. Yeah, right. It's horrible. What's yeah. happened here? And all the caribou take off running. And Matt looks at me like, what the hell was that? And I'm laughing. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you were going to shoot. 
It's like, I didn't know if I was going to shoot either until you farted and I punched the trigger. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, so we go about our business and the whole hunt goes through. We even left that camp and went to a totally different ridge. Because we're not getting into caribou. Yeah. So now I'm starting to feel the heat of this dink bull that I farted and scared away. <laughs> so we do that. It was an amazing time. I mean, we yeah. got to see a grizzly bear chase a wolverine, and you get to see all sorts of cool well, stuff. Well, I imagine if the guy that you're guiding, if you get along with him, it probably makes it a great it, experience. It changes everything. I Absolutely. also can't imagine getting somebody that you can't stand and then having to baby them the whole time. Yeah, I've had a few of those. We'll share that story later. I've All got right. one about a guy who owned a pet cemetery. And okay, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a great story. <laughs> but anyway, okay, so we're doing this hunt, and uh, it's coming down to the wire. We have not killed a caribou, and so we're hunting these uh, this last ridge. We got last day left, and these bulls come through. They're dinks, just whatever. <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to take him. I said, that's great. He's like, hand me your rifle. (laughs) I go, wait, what? He's like, give me your rifle. I'm killing this thing. I'm like, dude, we could have killed a bull that broke 400. And now we're chasing these little guys with the rifle. He's like, give me that rifle. So he lets it rip, hammers this thing. We get it all cleaned up, packed up, ready to go. His buddy, he hammers one, same size. We get it all packed up, ready to go. And uh, the kind of the, I guess the the best part of the whole story is now keep in mind caribou meat's amazing. Okay. So they took it all because it's not yeah. that hard. You once you debone it, get it in a wax box, you're good to go. He takes the whole caribou home. He's stoked about it. Takes his caribou rack home. He's getting a euro done, whatever. It was in velvet. So then he gets the bill for the euro rack. And for and he tells the outfitter, he's like, or the the taxidermist, he's like, you think you could sell that? <laughs> and, and the guy's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't want to pay for that <laughs> because it costs so much for this little, for this dink little euro. Dink. So he doesn't even have his caribou. Oh, he shot it with word. a rifle, and we could have killed an killed absolute a monster. monster. Oh, with a my rifle. Gosh. That's how it always goes. Though. Yeah. We always tell people, if, hey, if you're going to pass it on, if you're going to shoot it on the last day, shoot it on the first day. Like, don't regret I don't, it. <clears throat> I, have, I don't have a good feeling about that. No, no, I know. Most philosophy. people don't. I just your standards are up here and then they end up way down here. But I'm fine if they're up there and then once they're way down there and I have opportunity, I take it. But yeah. to have my standards that low to start, just. Just don't change your standards. Oh, just not tag out at all. No, just start low. You'll always be happy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's a good philosophy. That's also a really good story. We had he had two tags. That was my argument. <laughs> yeah. And him and I talk about it every day. Like I talked to him yesterday. We've we in fact <clears throat> he Tyrell and I hunt with him. We do a hunt every year. This year we're going to Missouri. Like we've made some phenomenal friendships. Yeah. And this is one of them. Although he did ask me not to fart next time yeah. he's at full drawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. In my defense, the bowl he was pulled back on was not, it was even smaller than the one he shot with my rifle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, passing on gas. Yeah, no, that's no, one no. way to do it. That's not one way to do it. Not yeah, a not a shooter. Not, not a shooter. shooter. Not yeah. a shooter. 
Well, thanks, Sean. That's a great story. Good times in Alaska. Yeah. Oh, my word. Now, that is the type of guide everyone needs right there. A guide that cares so much about you and the decisions you make that he is willing to break wind to help you make better decisions. Now, I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully I can have Sean as a guide one day in Alaska, helping me make those critical decisions, right? Thank you, Sean, for coming on. And thank you all for watching and listening wherever you might be. Please leave a comment below, hit that subscribe button, like it if you would. Leave us a review, five stars if you would, please. We would appreciate it. But until next time, bye.